0: Okay, grab your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1, we'll be in Genesis chapter 1, Uh, we'll be all over, uh, so thank God for the PowerPoint, but uh, we'll be in Genesis chapter 1 because tonight we need to see the pattern. If we're going to study the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we need to understand the pattern in terms of how the Holy Spirit moves, how He works, what He does, And, and so we'll be introduced to that in Genesis chapter 1. Um, if I could give you a key word to keep in the back of your mind tonight, you know, as we think about everything that we see from God's word, I, I just ask that you'd be thinking about the word salvation, salvation, because uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the first of many great things that God does in the life of the believer. You know, when God does a work of restoration, what's he doing? He is, he is restoring, he is saving Something that before was, it was lost, it was bankrupt, but now it's been found and and now it has a place. And so if you could just keep that that, that word of restoration, salvation, in the back of your mind. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God, God divided the light from the darkness. Okay, so just by way of introduction on this passage, let me put you in remembrance of some things that I'm sure that, that you know, most of the people in this room already know, but, but, but since we're here, let, let's, let's be put in remembrance of these things. Uh, you know how God made everything in the beginning, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So this is a full creation, it is complete, it is good, everything about it is exactly what God designed it to be. And you know from Isaiah 45 verse 18 that God said he did not make the earth the way we find it in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. He, didn't, he, tell, he explicitly tells you in Isaiah 45 18 that he didn't make it formless and void, and so we know that chronologically, we have to put Lucifer's fall somewhere before Genesis chapter 3, right? That's just simple deduction. We know that, we know that before he's revealed as the servant in the garden, somewhere, Lucifer became Satan. And in Isaiah chapter 14, he birthed. This attitude, this spirit of Antichrist, where he decided he's going to stand in the place of God as God, showing himself that he is God, and he's going to get all of that. Thank you very much, without any permission uh, from God Himself. Okay, so so here he is. He's these the Isaiah 14. These five I wills. I I to have a throne like God's. You know, here he is, the anointed cherub that, that covers the throne and the glory of God. Ezekiel 28 describes him. Uh, in a way that kind of kind of helps you to see that he's responsible for for directing the worship of creation. He's made a musical instrument. He's made uh, every precious stone is his covering. He is made to to reflect and refract the light of God himself. And and uh, you know you you pray for your worship leaders because they're leading worship and everybody's worshiping God, but they're looking at the worship leader and and, and every once in a while a worship leader gets confused, don't they? And they think that all the worship, the honor and the glory and the praise somehow is being directed to them. Um, Again, you're blessed, you've got a humble man of God leading worship, but you ought to be praying for your worship leaders because here we are giving glory to God, but we're looking at the dude strumming the guitar. Satan got confused, you know, he thought his little guitar made him something and And then the next thing you know, he's saying, I will be like, through pride, his heart is lifted up against God. So chronologically, where are you going to put Lucifer's fall? Well, we know it has to be before Genesis chapter 3. And if you're paying attention, you know it's actually before Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, don't you? Because when God puts Adam into the Garden of Eden, what does he tell him? Bro, son, you have a job. This garden is yours to dress, right? You are to dress it, but you're also to keep it. That word keep means to guard. You have to guard. Why? Because there's a snake in this garden. You have to keep it. You have to be on guard. You have to be alert. So we know it was before day six. We know that Satan fell. Okay, so chronologically, where do you put it? Well, Isaiah 45:18 says, I didn't create it the way you find it in verse two. And so this is why, in our you know churches uh, like ours, we we will teach that that Satan's fall would would show up between Genesis one verse one and Genesis one verse two. We have a whole creation, everything functioning the way that it's supposed to, but then you have Satan in his pride being lifted up. His heart is lifted up against God, and that uh, man, that's where all hell breaks loose in heaven, you know. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's catastrophic. It's a catastrophe. And, and so we find the earth without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep in Genesis 1, verse 2. So if we could make a little timeline here in our notes, this is the way that we laid out. Genesis 1, 1, that's creation, right? That's what would go in your next blank. Rebellion would be Genesis 1, 1 plus Right, we just get just it's past the period in Genesis one one, so that would be Satan's rebellion, and then Genesis one verse two would be destruction, the 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 resulting you know the result of the cataclysm of Satan's rebellion against God. The earth is formless and void. Well, okay, so it's like uh, it's like uh, when I was growing up being raised by Mike Miles, he's a hard worker, he provided a really good home for us, for his children, and, and of course we were very active and very lively, very rambunctious, and, and we would tear stuff up all the time. And uh, if I've heard my father say this once, I've heard him say it a number of times over the years, he says, we can't have anything nice with you kids running around. <laughs> <laughs> I try, and I try, but my kids keep messing everything up. Well, okay, so, so Satan wrecks God's creation through his rebellion. Uh, well, just like Mike Miles, he gets back to work just putting things right. So how does the redemption of creation commence? Well, we see it. This is just, I mean, verses 2 and 3 tell you how God began to set it right. The Spirit moves. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. So how does the pattern of redemption of creation commence? There is a pattern. You need to know there's a pattern in terms of how God's Spirit works in redeeming our mess. And it goes this way. Get this down in your notes. Point number one. Get the the Spirit pattern. And it goes like this. The Spirit moves. The word is given, and the light shines. Did you get that? Because that's the sequence. That's how it works. The spirit moves, and what comes as a result of the spirit moving? Well, the word of God comes, and when the word of God comes, well, then the light shines. And now, because the light is shining, right, because the word came, because the spirit moved, now we see the line of demarcation. Now we see light versus dark. And that's a key concept as we study our Bibles. We got to know. We got to know to separate the, 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 the evil from the good. The work of Satan in rebellion versus the new work of Jesus in restoration. God is all about redeeming what was lost. Redeeming, restoring what was destroyed. Satan in his rebellion, we see the cataclysm and the wrecking of creation. But God can't leave it that way. The darkness must be dispelled by the light. And so the Spirit of God moves, the Word of God comes, and the light shines. This is a key insight because now we know, right now we can see that the Spirit of God must move because God's restoration requires the light of His Word. So get this down in your notes. Psalms 119, verse 130, says, The entrance of thy words, the entrance of thy words giveth light. Isn't that awesome? We need the light of God's Word to shine in a dark world, don't we? The entrance of God's Word, that's what brings His light. People are blind in their sin, they're lost in, in the darkness of sin, and somehow they, they need to be able to have the eyes to see the truth of God's Word so that the light of God's Word can shine in their, in their life The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. So here's the principle. It is the Spirit of God that enables the Word of God to come. So the light of God's truth, which is so desperately needed, shines. Why? Why? Well, this is key for us because all, the the, the people outside of Christ that we run into, they're lost in sin. All in sin are lost in the darkness of sin. They cannot see the light of God's truth. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So all are lost in the dark wickedness of sin and God's not willing to leave the, the 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 leave any in the formless void of sin to perish and so this is why we're instructed in scripture in first Timothy chapter 2 to make all kinds of prayers for all kinds of men why because God wants all of them to be saved this is why you'll hear people make comments like nobody gets saved but what somebody prays so what are we praying we how are we praying what are we praying when we see you know you've met lost people that they can't see the truth of God's word I mean, it, what makes perfect sense to you and I, right over their head, they can't understand it. There's no hope. There's no help. There's no way. Well, they're blind. They can't see it. They can't understand it. So what do we do? We pray. The God of this world has them in, in blindness. So they can't, okay, so we need to see the, the, the enemy bound from the life of the unbeliever. We need to see the Spirit moving on their life so that they can see, they can have insight into the light of the gospel. We want the Spirit poured on them in conviction. In other words, we're praying for God to deliver them out of darkness and into the kingdom of light. So, how does one come out of the dark into light? How does that process actually happen? How do we get saved? The Holy Spirit has to open our hearts and our minds to understand, to see, and to receive the light of God's Word. Only then can we, uh, only then does the light of the gospel shine to us. So the key word for tonight's message, key insight into how the Holy Spirit conducts the work of restoration, it's salvation. We must be brought out of darkness into the light of the gospel, so just like, so we, we, we've got this pattern now from Genesis chapter 1. The Spirit moves, the Word of God comes, and the light shines. Well, okay, let's just look at that pattern repeat in Scripture. How does it, how does it work in terms of salvation? Well, first, how did it work in terms of us getting the Word of God in the first place? Look at Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19. The Bible says we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. So how did the light of God's Word come to us? Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, But holy men of God spake as they were moved, how? By the Holy Ghost. Okay, so we have that order given to us in reverse here, don't we? But don't miss, it's the exact same chronology. We can just work our way back up through these three verses and see the same pattern. I mean, we've got a light shining. In verse 19, well, how did we get that light? Well, the word had to come. Well, how did the word come? Well, holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Spirit of God moved. Then holy, mo- holy men of old spake what they were supposed to speak. Now we have the word of God. So, so now we can take heed to the light of God's word. The Spirit moved. The word came. And the light began to shine. Okay, so, so that's how we got the written word of God. Well, that's how we get the incarnate word of God. So let's get a hold of this truth in the incarnation of Christ. How, the, how was the word made flesh so that we might behold him, so that we might see him as light? For, uh, John chapter 1, verse 14 says, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, how did that happen? How did the word become flesh? How did the mystery of godliness produce God in the flesh? Well, okay. Let's see what would what would have to happen first? What would have to happen first? Spirit's got to move, right? I mean if, if that's the pa- I mean if that's the pattern, okay. Well, check out Luke chapter 1 verse 35. Is that on our PowerPoint? And the angel answered and said unto her, "The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee." therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God so first the, have to, first the spirit had to move so it's a virgin birth God is planted in that womb what comes next well the spirit moved so now the, the birth the word of God has to come so jump up to John chapter 1 verse 1 and notice the the parallel here with Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus, we know from verse, if you just jump down to verse 14 in John chapter 1, Jesus, born of a virgin... Right? The Word was made flesh. The mystery of of godliness is realized in humanity. The Word's made flesh and dwelt among us. And what? Well, we beheld His glory, the Bible says, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So now we can see the Word made flesh. So what comes next? Verse 4. John chapter 1, verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the... Man, surprise, surprise... There it is again, the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and here it is again. What's happening? Darkness is upon the face, of the, on the face of the deep of humanity, okay? And we can't see right, we can't know right. So the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Uh, what do you have? Man, you've got, a, you've got a satanic kingdom versus God's kingdom in play. Light versus dark. Verse 9 says, That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. That's like the biggest insult that creation could ever give the creator. We only exist because you did it all, but talk to the hand. I mean, it's just terrible. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own. People who have been praying for the Messiah for centuries praying for the Messiah and his own received him not. Talk to the hand. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the spirit moved, a virgin conceived, the word becomes flesh, we handle the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth, And then the light shines in a dark world. The light shines. Jesus said of himself in John chapter 12, verse 46. He explicitly says it. I am the light, right? I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Aren't you tired of stumbling around in the dark? It's a terrible way to live. Uh, Every time, you know. So I'm getting older. And... um, you know, I don't gray out my beard so that you'll pay attention to me when I come preach. It's it's actually gray. And, uh, and um, you know, when I was young, I'd, I'd sleep through the night every night. But now that I'm older, sometimes I have to get up in the middle of the night because I'm not going to sleep for the next three or four hours if I try to just hang on to what I have. And uh, And so I got... I didn't want to. I don't want to. I'm 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 in bed with my wife. It's warm. This is a... I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and if I turn on that light, there's no hope. I will not go back to sleep. It's weird. This is like just started happening in the last few years. Like if 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 I'm if I wake up anytime after 3 a.m., forget it. The day started, okay? So so I got to be careful. I can't turn on the light. I want to, I want to, oh God, help me to abide in darkness <laughs> to the bathroom and back. And that's no way to live every time I get hurt. And I've been in this house for over 20 years. I know where everything is. And yet somehow, in the black, in the darkness, I end up getting hurt. And it's just one hurt after another. I mean, one of these days I'm going to fall down and mess myself on the way to the bathroom. I mean, Living in, the, living in the dark, it's no way to live, is it? All you're ever going to do is get hurt. All there's ever going to be is damage. We need, man, we just need to see what's right. We need to see what's true. You ever notice that that uh, the world is losing its ability to think and even process properly? They don't even, like the lost world doesn't even know how to think anymore. And, and it's like some of the things you're like, the things that are as plain as the nose on my face, they don't even understand. And, and why is that? And. And uh, brothers and sisters, we got to be careful. There are a lot of people that, that they don't know how to think, and they say crazy stuff, and they pursue crazy agendas, and, and you're going to be tempted to think that we wrestle against flesh and blood. And what you ought to have is compassion and pity on blind people that don't know how to think biblically. They've never seen the light. They, they don't know what it means to walk in the day in the light of Christ's kingdom. And, and uh, God, help us. Too many times God's people are tempted to despise those who are lost in the darkness of sin. Uh, when this whole thing started with Antifa and BLM burning down cities, you know, I, uh, I, I, I get the pain of people. And, and as a pastor in Kansas City, uh, we have an urban ministry and we're ministering to an, an urban core. And, and, uh, and I get that people are hurting and people are in pain. And, and so if I come out guns blazing, despising people who are newly attending our church, Uh, I don't have the opportunity to get the light on for them and 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 to show them the light of God's Word. But if I'll just do what the Bible tells me to do, and in meekness, right, with meekness and humility, instruct those that oppose themselves, little by little, people who yesterday, they were lost in sin, they were stumbling around in the kingdom of darkness fast forward two years later and they're biblicists and they've got they've got jesus in their heart the holy spirit is revealing scripture to them and they're looking at life in this world through the lens of scripture and uh they're not they're you know they're like they're like abraham now of old they know they're strangers and pilgrims in this world they know they're ambassadors for christ and they're here on a mission. They're behind enemy lines, and we're just stealing people out of the kingdom of darkness and seeing them translate. It's just a wonderful thing to see people translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Um, so we need, don't we, we need wisdom from on high, don't we? Uh, you know how, so I'm an honorary father. I, I've done it to my kids before. It's not right. I'm, I, no parent should ever do it, but... But there have been, you know, those occasional times where I was feeling ornery and I just bust into the bedroom and flip on all the lights. And I'm like, good morning, it's time to get, which is, you know, the Bible tells you that's loathsome in the ears of people that are <laughs> trying to sleep. But, you know, I'm feeling, or- okay, so you, you make an enemy in that moment, don't you? <laughs> in that moment, uh, they're like, it's going on the list, dad, and, and, and someday you'll be the weaker one. Um, we have to meet people where they're at. People are opposing themselves. They're in darkness. And so if we try to go full bore with all the light that we have and we try to cram it down people's throats, um, you know, it's, it's, you can't, it, we're fishers of men, aren't we? We can't, you can't just like jump in the lake, grab a fish, and jam the hook down there. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how fishing works, you know? Uh, we have to we have to bring people along, and so as long as they'll show up to the Bible study, as long as they'll show up, uh, we'll we'll just from Genesis to Jesus, we'll just hear a little there, a little. We're gonna in meekness instruct those that oppose themselves, and the whole goal is per adventure to bring them to the acknowledging of the truth, isn't it? And so that they can, the light, God will, uh, this is a work of the Holy Spirit, right? The, the Spirit moves, the Word comes, and the light shines, and, and then, man, they see the light and everything changes. This is what we desperately need, because just as Satan's rebellion plunged the whole creation into darkness, right, again, we're placing that in just right after the period in Genesis 1, verse 1. It's also plunged his spiritual offspring into darkness. Jesus said in John chapter 8, and verse 44, A year of your father the devil. So you roll like him. You have his lust. You have his mindset. You want to murder. In Ephesians 2, verses 2 and 3, We were all in this camp, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. How did we walk? like having to get up in the dark to find your way. This is the blind leading the blind in darkness. Of course, all we're doing is stumbling and falling and getting hurt. It's all according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. This is how we lived our lives. In times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Uh, that was me. Yeah. You know, I got saved when I was 12. Well, how bad could you get by 12? I, I, man, the seeds for total destruction were in me. I remember uh, as a young, a, a young child, my, my sister and I, we were 11 months apart. Uh, Mom and dad weren't messing around so we're real close to each other and, and uh, so we were very competitive and uh, we went through a, a series where we give each other a hard time and and it was just all insults and cut, cut cuts and put downs and and, um, and so we're on our way home from church and she said something wide open left her flank vulnerable whatever it was I just lit in and, uh, and then she tore into me, and we're just meh, 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 back and forth, chewing each other out, and just coming up with one insult after another, and, and then pretty soon, I've got, her, I've got her blocked in and locked in with my wit and logic and my just putrescence evil, okay, and uh, she got a little emotional, and it's about a, about a little over a half mile dirt road to the farm that I grew up on. We turn off 90 Highway. My sister's upset and emotional, because I just decimated her <laughs> in, our, in our verbal verbal war. And uh, he just turns off the engine in the car. And uh, I'm exulting in destroying my sister. And so it takes a few moments for me to realize we're stopped at the end of the dirt road. <laughs> and we're just sitting here. This, does, this is not normal. OK? It's supposed to be rumbling up the dirt road to get to the home. Um, and so I, I kind of come up for air, and I'm looking around, and my dad is just boring daggers into me through the rearview mirror. And uh, he said, "Son, why do you always have to be such a blankety blank?" And I remember, if, you know, like I, I I reeled from that. You know, this is not good parenting advice. Okay, <laughs> it's just what happened to me. God works all things together. Okay, so I reeled from that, and I'm like, holy smokes, he's right. I am a blankety-blank, and I love it. How, what am I going to do? I, I grew up in church. I'm, I'm a terrible person, and that began the awakening for me, to, 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 for God to bring me to the place where I'd re- realize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Um, my sin is exceeding, full, ex- exceeding sinful, and uh, I, I needed the Lord in my life. I was by nature a children of wrath. I, I was blind to my wickedness, and so now here it is, right? Here's Jesus, just as Jesus, right, as the light of God's word, Jesus, just as the light is divided from the darkness, so the light shines. John 3, 16, you know this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So what has to happen? Well, if you keep going in John chapter 3, you realize, you get the answer in the next verse, the Holy Spirit moves to enable the Word of God to separate light from dark. Verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. There it is. I like it in the dark. I like it in the exceeding sinfulness of my sin. So I won't come to the light because I don't want my life to change. Through pride in my heart, I want to stand in the place of God as God, and I want to run my own life my way. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest that they're rotting God. And that's how we come to the place of salvation. We were in darkness, the spirit moved, we saw the word. Before we were like 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, we were blind. We were in the we were in the darkness of sin. We could not see the light. But God, but the spirit moved, now the light is shining. Satan's dark lies didn't work anymore. We saw God's truth and we believed on it. That's how we came to salvation. Now, once I'm saved, is God done? Well, what happened in Genesis chapter 1? Well, I got the light separated from the darkness. Good job. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll start my day of rest. No, there's a whole week of restoration that takes place. What has to happen? The world has to be conformed to a proper image, right? It has to be, re- the, the work of restoration follows. A week of restoration follows creation receiving the light of creation. Do you see that? So the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, right? God spoke, the word of God came, let there be light, and then there was light. Now in the light of God's word, what's happening? Commandment after commandment is being given to creation, and creation is responding. God said, and it was. God said again, and it was some more. And God kept saying, and creation kept submitting. Creation kept believing on God's word and responding in kind, and And by the end of the week, it's all good. So also you and I, my Bible tells me in Romans chapter 8, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we got to get with that program, don't we? In Genesis chapter 1, you've got 10 commandments given to creation, and creation is like, I'm in, right? And it was so. I mean, command after command, creation responds, God's word becomes a reality in the life of creation, and and so what God said, it was so. 10 commandments given to creation, every one of them is kept. 10 commandments were given to man, every one of them was what? (laughs) Broken, rebelled against. Because we need the light of God's word. So, oh, this is so critical. Point number three, got to get in the same practice, don't we? we got to get in the same practice. This is the same pattern. This same pattern is how we grow as believers in Christ. You remember the work in Genesis 1? It's a work of restoration. So how does the believer in Jesus Christ cooperate with the Spirit in the process of our restoration to the image of Christ? every day of my life is an opportunity for me to grow in the word of God grow in my relationship with God for me to be able to just that much more be conformed back to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ so how do I cooperate with that process well I need the spirit don't I I need the spirit to open my eyes I gotta I I need help to see the light so my Bible tells me in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll come, we'll look at the, I mean, you're, this passage will probably come up several times this week, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you find out that the Word of God is a, it's a spiritual book written to a spiritual man, and only the Spirit of God can unlock its contents and apply them to our hearts and our minds and our lives. We need the Spirit of God to show us the deep things of God. Uh, without it... It's just an intellectual exercise in futility. I need the Spirit to take the Spirit of God, to take the Word of God, and I need Him to enlighten my eyes. See, some people can't see the light of God's truth. They'll see facts about the Bible, but they don't really know God. They'll know a lot about the Bible. They'll know a lot about what God's Word says, but they don't actually have a growing relationship with the person of God Himself through His Word. They don't really know God. That's Man, that's everything, isn't it? Yeah. Knowing him. So they don't know how to hear his voice. They won't come to the light. We just saw from John chapter 3, it's because I, I don't want to be reproved. I like how my life is being lived, and I don't want it to change. So they don't come to the light. We don't want that reproof. Okay, so how is the process going to work in my heart and my life? Number one, i got to just submit and come to the light of God's word. Come is your next blank. i got to turn to the Lord, don't I? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, our model minister, the Apostle Paul, shows how he rolls in ministry. And look at what he says in verse 12. He says, we use great plainness of speech. Whenever we're dealing with people in ministry, we want, we want to make sure people can plainly understand what the Word of God says. And his approach, we find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Man, I small myself. I want to, I want, I, I, in, in weakness, fear, in a much trembling, I just want to give you the goods Right? I want to give you the goods and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to do it in a straightforward and in a plain way. And, and then look at the example that he gives in Second Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, we don't want to roll like Moses. How Moses. Moses, I mean, he's bringing the word of God to God's people, but he has to cover his face. Verse 13. Israel freaked out every time they saw Moses' face. Moses has got this unique relationship with God. The word of God, the light of God's word was so much a part of his life Uh, It started coming out of his face, (laughs) and his face is glowing with the light of God, and so it's freaking people out. People don't want, nobody wants to be reminded that Moses got a, Moses actually got an on fire relationship with God. All I do when I look in the mirror is I see warts and pimples and, you know, scraggly beard. I mean, look at Moses, his face is on fire, and bag your head, bro. Put a bag on that thing. Why? Verse 14 tells you why, right? They could not look steadfastly. They could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ? The the light's shining, but they can't see it. Man, if they just come to Christ, receive the Holy Spirit, that'd change everything. But unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil that covered the light of God's word shining out of Moses' face, right, this veil's on their heart, the light's shining, but they can't see it. The veil is upon their heart, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, right, Romans 11 says, when Christ comes for his people, all Israel will be saved, and the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Um, Key verse, we'll come back to that. But how do we roll? Verse 18, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, i got to cooperate with the Spirit of God in showing me the light of God's Word. I don't want to be like that person that says, talk to the hand. I don't want to know. I don't want to be accountable. I don't want the word of God reproving my life. I want to stay in dark. No, cooperate with the work of the spirit. We need the spirit to move and lead us into the liberty of God's word. I want to be set free. I want to stop stubbing my toes in the darkness of this world, the darkness of the course of this world. So I got to come to the light. That's the first thing. I got to submit but then, point number two, I got to pray for the entrance of the light of God's word. I got to pray for the entrance of the light of God's word. This is how Paul prayed uh, for his disciples. He says, "When I heard your faith of your faith in the Lord Jesus, uh, all I do is pray for you. How that he says that the that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him." The way he said it to the church of Corinth is, is, look, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible is a spiritual book written to spiritual men, and, and the Holy Spirit has to show you the deep things of God. So you need the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Why? That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know, right? So that you may know in, the, in verses uh, 18 through 23, that you may know who you are and what you have in the person and the promises of Christ, if I can just sum it up that way. You need to know everything that you have in the person and the promises of Christ. That's why you need the word of God. You need to be like creation of old. Six days of work, God giving his word, discipling creation. Six days, creation receiving the light of God's word, conforming it to the image of Genesis 1-1. Is everybody following with me? You get what I'm saying? Creation being restored. I need to pray for the entrance of the light of God's word in my life because I need to see who I am and all that I have in the person and the promises of Jesus Christ. And I might see what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. That same power that raised Christ from the dead, that put him above all power, all principality, power, might, and dominion, put all things under his feet. Man, I need to see that. So I need to come to the light. I need to pray for the entrance of that light. And then I need to be careful and beware any rejection of the light of God's word. Because if I reject the light, man, I'm at minimum, I'm covering it. But worst case, I'm warping it. Beware any rejection of the light of God's word. I read Matthew chapter 6, and it makes me tremble just a little bit. Some people have a dark light. Satan can transform himself as an angel of light. Oh, is he an angel of light? Is he? No, he can transform himself to appear as one, but that's not what he is. He's, he's, a, he's a prince of darkness for sure, isn't he? Some people have a dark light, and, and Jesus says, whoa. Uh, he, talks about a, he talks about a black light. Isn't it weird when people get into, you know, they want to throw some kind of a coven witchcraft party, they got to get the black lights so that your teeth look funny and your t-shirt freaks everybody out, you know, that kind of thing. I wonder what uh, Troy's... Um, 1611 t shirt would look like under a black light. Just probably break it. 1611, authorized version. What happened to the, here's Lucifer, the light bearer. He's to bear the light of God for creation, right? So how does the light bearer, how does Lucifer become Satan? Jesus gives us a clue in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But when pride demands that self is the treasure, I want to stand in the place of God as God. I want to show myself that I am God. God, you can talk to the hand. I'm going I'm to run my life the way I see fit. Well, watch out. Because in the very next verse, Jesus says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Man, turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full on his wonderful face. Be single in your pursuit, uh, the pursuit of your relationship with him in his word thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is that darkness? You know, for many people, they can see the light. They can describe it in its equations and its manifestations, but they never allow it to enter into their heart and life to change them. They don't come to the light for personal change. No, no, no. I don't want that. I want to be able to describe it. I want to be able to know things about it, but I don't want to come to it and let it reprove me. I don't want to change how I'm living. It's just another tool that they use for strategic, for strategic manipulation. I need to know things about God so I can, you know, I can work people over. Maybe you're, you're here tonight, you're struggling, and maybe you're in a camp that says, every time I turn around, man, it's like I'm stubbing my toe in the dark. I'm getting hurt. It's like I'm walking in darkness. Do you know why you can't see the mess that you make of your life or the lives of other people? It's because you're covering up the light. If, if, you, keep, if you keep tripping in this life, right? If you keep stubbing your toe, turn on the light. Stop refusing it access to your heart. You say, Well, I read my Bible every day. Well, okay, so maybe you're in your Bible every day. Are you letting it get in you? Are you, are you letting it shine into the recesses and the corners of your heart and your mind? Does the Word of God shine now from your heart and your life? It will if you believe on it. Like creation of old, submit to it. Let God's Word, I mean, not, don't, settle for nothing less than the reality of God in our life. Do you believe on the Word of God? The Spirit is moving. The light of God's Word is shining Are we receiving it? You know, in Genesis chapter 1, again, God speaks ten commandments to nature. All are obeyed. That's the reality of God's word received into the life of creation. What about us? Paul rebukes the church at Galatia in Galatians chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath uh, hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? We'll come back to this. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Man, I'm so great, grateful for the light of the gospel, but you know, I want to walk in the dark with the rest of my life. It's goes you there. <laughs> foolish. Can I give you a tip? You want to know how the light's shining? When it's not about you or what you know or even what, you know, knowing right. It's not about you getting what you want. It's not about you having life on your terms. It's about the word of God, the light of God's word shining forth, God's word becoming reality over the creation of your life. And that, when that's happening, that will make a person humble. It'll make them grateful. It'll make them eager to grow in their walk with God. Because, man, when your eye is single and your whole body is full of light, you want more. Don't you always want more of a good thing? So when the light is shining, right, don't cover it up. Moses had to hide the light of God in his life because it freaked out carnal people. By God's grace through faith, let's live it out. Let's live out what we know. Let's live out who we know. And we gotta do this because our King has spoken. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. Duh. Of course that's what you do. You don't don't cover up the light that you got. I mean, you, you spent money, you took time. I mean, you got a light. Don't cover it up, don't hide it. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Man, we need that. You are in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching and teaching church. The light of God's word is shining so brilliantly in this place. Is it becoming reality in our lives? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Do you guys know this song? Oh, I don't want to sing it as a solo. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan and that's what happens, right? People, I mean, I mean, the God of this the light's shining and, and, and yeah, I know you're saved, but but between your world, uh, between this world, your flesh and the devil, there's always a reason for God's people to get derailed and quit following the light and Start following stupid, stumbling around in the dark again. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Now you're going to just get it done in the works of the flesh? I mean, don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. You didn't know I could lead worship, did you? Okay, that's why I don't lead worship. (laughs) Now you know. Man, my prayer is that the members of FBC and the members and churches in our fellowship, that that God's spirit, that God's word is so much a reality in our life that the light of God's word, the light of who God is, is so brilliant that even people in the dark can see. Um, There's a wicked king in the Middle East, got a big problem, and... uh, well, says, I know a man uh, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. says he's got the wisdom of the gods. Uh, she don't know what made Daniel different. She don't know what made him a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of God. She just knew there was something. You've got to go talk to him. He has wisdom that you need. Uh, and he got bad news. You know the story. <laughs> uh, but he, there's something different about Dan. You need what he's got. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul describes what should be taking place in our church life together. He says, says, the lost ought to come in, in verse 24, and be convinced of all. He's judged of all. Verse 25 says, and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Oh man, we need that. The lost, would, who are in the bondage of sin, they're lost in darkness. That so They would come in and they would see the light of God's word, the light of who God is and his people, reality in their life, and say, God is in you. Mm-hmm. Right. We need a move of the spirit, don't we? Yeah. Right. We've got the word of God. We've even got t-shirts that prove it <laughs> this week. We've got the word of God. Is the light shining? Okay, so... I need need the spirit to move in my life so that God's word will be made manifest, right? I need the reality of God's word manifest in my life. I need the light to shine. I want to be fruitful. I want to be useful for the king. I want to be useful for his kingdom. I don't want to play at Christianity. You know, it's like little kids play house, right? Um, I'll, be the, I'll be the daddy, you be the mommy, you be the police officer that's breaking up the, the, the domestic disturbance. And, and they're going through all of the motions, right, playing house, but there's no reality. It's not true. You know, they're just going through the motions, and so many of God's people, they play church, and they attend services, and they don't swear, right? They don't steal much. I mean, they just try to be good people, and so they go through all of the motions of being good Christians, and, 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 and the lost all around us are dying in their sin. They're busting hell wide open. There'll never be revival. There'll never be a move of God in our communities when we love Netflix more than the word. When we, love, when we love NFL football more than we love growing and knowing in our relationship with Christ. It's that, you know, partnership, fellowship, love of the world. Uh, that's enmity with God. Um, can I just pray for you? And... Uh, just ask the Lord to bless this conference, bless your lives, to 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 bless us that we might see the Spirit move so that the Word will come, the Word will be made manifest, and the light will shine. Father, I'm so burdened for brothers and sisters who are born again and they know you, but But, but, but in some cases, uh, they've got people in their lives, right? In some cases, we've got people that we're the only ones that know we're born again. The light's not shining. And so, God, I pray just in your, in your mercy and in your compassion that, God, the Spirit would move this week. Uh, that you'd move in the lives of people. And that uh, just like we, we began in the Spirit, uh, that we would continue uh, that uh, the Spirit would be opening understanding this week. That your Holy Spirit would be revealing your truth, this spirit of wisdom. That we'd be able to discern the riches of your word. And that, and that, uh, that, that the, as the word fills our hearts and our lives, that God, we're responding to it. We're trusting you for the reality of it in our lives. And, and so now that's what's coming. Your, your word is what's coming out of our lives. It's coming out in the way that we act. That our wives know that we love them. That our children know that our hearts yearn on them. That the lost know that we love them. That we'd do anything to see them come into the light. Lord, that what's in us, uh, the, the light of your word, that's what will shine out of us. God, let your spirit move. Let your word come. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. God, please let your light shine. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.